I obviously grew up uh, doing martial arts when I was 11 years old, but I recognized the impact that uh, the martial arts had on, on my life. And I thought that would be a, an excellent opportunity for me to step into the position where I can kind of share those uh, different uh, life skills with my students. For over 260 episodes, Dwayne Brummett and Ali Albarigo have been sharing how to take your martial arts school to the next level. Welcome to another edition of SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Now here's your host, Dwayne and Ali. Hello, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, good morning, sir. Good morning to you as well. How is it going? Good, good. <laughs> I had you muted. I apologize. That's okay. No problem. I, I like that you're able to do it and control it because sometimes I forget and I'm on mute and I'm just talking away. So uh, let's explain to uh, our listeners what, what, what we got our, up our, our sleeve today. This was your idea, which was a phenomenal idea. Thank you. Well, you know what? I always look at this. Like every school owner, you know, we're in the trenches on a day-to-day -day basis. We're working our butts off to try to figure out the puzzles, the pieces of the puzzle. Um, and then we never really take the time. You know, always owners, consultants, coaches, they're the ones giving all the info. But I figured it would be really cool to pick the brains of your top guy and my top guy who literally run the schools for us when we're not there or while we're there, help us run the schools and uh, to get their insight on, you know, their, what they do and how they think. And so that other school owners who maybe don't have employees or, or staff members, they could start thinking ahead and, and, and prepare and, and also have an inner idea of what people are, what they're thinking, their team is thinking. Yeah. And I, I, again, I thought that was a, a phenomenal idea, uh, this angle, you know, from their perspective. So uh, first, uh, let's introduce uh, your top guy and give us a little background about him and we'll bring him on. Okay. Well, um, easy. I mean, he's been training with me since he's like 16 years old. He's now, uh, you know, been with me for like, I don't know, I can't even remember, like 17, 18 years. Um, you started off this young teenager and, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. He was uh, in our leadership team. And uh, when one of my other instructors decided to leave, he said, you should pick Ryan and, and bring him up and, and make him your next top guy. And I said, I don't know, like, he's a little quirky. Uh, you know, I don't know if he'd be interested. And lo and behold, he's like my top guy. And, you know, I trust him with the entire school. And, and you know, I'm excited that uh, the direction of where he took it. And listen, I'm going to I'm going to end up retiring one day and my daughter has no interest. So Ryan is going to be the heir and the owner of the school. Um, and uh, so th this will be his life like it is mine. So, uh, yeah, but he's an amazing martial artist. He, he's not only trains with me, but also trains in BJJ and, um, you know, just a great competitor, great instructor. The students love him. So, well, yeah, without further ado, it's a, we say Renshi because that's his title, Junior Master, Ryan Frank. So there he is. Did you get to hear all that, Ryan? Were you able to hear what I was saying or no? Yes, thank you. Oh, wow. I, I thought that was, I didn't know you would hear that. Never, just forget it. Just, just, just <laughs> yeah, he's uh, definitely unbelievable. And he's home in, in the same chair as me, just about. We, I, I got him that chair because he's always like, hey, that's a nice chair. So I'm like, let me, what's your address again? And I sent him, <laughs> sent him the chair. So very cool. And you now you have your top guy who I've met, who's an incredible martial artist. Tell us a little bit about him. 
Yeah, Chris Bean, uh, Master Bean, uh, uh, actually Senior Master Bean now, uh, started with me when he was 11 years old. He's 32 now. Um, it was funny because when the the gentleman that I had, you know, in his position prior, you know, to uh, Master Bean taking it over, uh, you know, uh, we we went out to, I, I was like I, coffee or whatever it was, but we went out and sat down and ate and and, and this is a, a, something we're going to talk about today, but he, I, I, I said, so would you like to take Mr. Russo's position and be the head instructor? And he goes, yeah, but he goes, I just want to teach. Like, I don't want to run the school. I don't want to manage anything. I just want to teach. And I'm like, okay, that's all I need right now as a teacher anyways. So okay. uh, it's been, been a phenomenal, phenomenal asset to um, not only the studio, but, but, you know, it's, I don't know about you, but it's kind of, I don't want to call it a weird friendship because it's not weird but he's a you know he was a kid and now he's an adult and so i've gone through so many transitions on I, i've always respected him and you know here's the other thing is we actually same or uh, we share the same exact birthday just not the oh, birth wow. year so That's without great. further ado we'll bring on master bean uh to our call so sir thanks for coming on i really appreciate you taking time out of your day yes sir no problem but i can be here yeah, so Ryan keeps looking in the camera because he's on his phone, and people don't realize that. But you keep looking in, and we just see your eyeball. That's because you're you're doing this on your telephone. So, um, so great, hey guys, great to have you here. And I thought this idea was cool because maybe I could set the the precedence again of what it, what it is. Because you know, I've run ten schools at one time at as many as thirty six employees. Um, I've been often. Uh, called a tyrant and like a workaholic and, you know, uh, you know, closed minded and, you know, like, I, you know, cause my, you know, my way or the highway kind of mentality, people sometimes think that, but running a school isn't easy as you guys know now, right? Like it's not just teaching. There's so many different dynamics of personalities. Every kid is different. Every parent is different. Um, so tell us a little bit of how you, you know, you navigate those things as, as instructors. And well, and hey, Allie, before we get into that, I'm curious, before we even start there, let's start at the beginning. Why, why did you want to, why did you want to take on the role of, you know, head instructor in the school? Yeah, that's a great, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great question to start with. Yeah. Uh, who wants to, who wants to go first? Ryan? Oh, sure. So the question is, why did I want to be a head instructor? Yeah, why did you want to take on that role of being the head instructor? And then uh, I don't know if your phone is turned where you because you're kind of muted. Just so you know, I mean, we can hear you a little bit. Can you hear me better now? A little bit, yeah. Is that too much? No, yeah, that's fine. That's good. We can hear you better. Okay, good. So I like teaching martial arts. I like training martial arts. So kind of like a no-brainer for me. I like to see people progress and be good. I just I like to. Yeah, it is a little muffled, so I don't know. Maybe if you could flip the phone so the microphone, if it's on the bottom, maybe it's be on the side. I could put on my, I could put on my Bluetooth. Yeah, why don't you try your Bluetooth, and we'll, we'll turn the question over to Master Bean. Master Bean, same question. Yes, sir. So uh, I think the reason I, I, I like being the, the head instructor here, the reason I wanted to be the head instructor is because I, I obviously grew up uh, doing martial arts when I was 11 years old, but I recognized the impact that uh, the martial arts had on, on my life. And I thought that would be a, an excellent opportunity for me to step into the position where I can kind of share those uh, different uh, life skills with my students. And uh, if I'm the head instructor, that kind of puts me in the position where I can kind of um, 
alter or critique or uh, modify the program in such ways that they they the students are able to pick up those skills not by accident but uh, by on purpose and so um that's that's kind of my the reason i wanted to be the head instructor that's awesome i love that so, so let me hear you ryan let's see if i can hear you better is that mike picking that up or no yeah, that's great now beautiful yeah okay. so, so give us your give us your answer again like uh you know um why did you just like why does martial arts become your life like why did you decide to make this your lifestyle i know that you had a uh, at one point you were going to do criminal justice or become a police officer and you decided to stay in the martial arts so what made it your lifestyle well i like i like teaching i like training i like seeing students progress i know that's kind of like a, a simple answer but that's really the reason why it's i just i like doing it yeah I think that's the same with us, right? Uh, Dwayne, you and I, I mean, we got into it because we love the martial arts. I, mean, I, I got into it for a little bit more of a deranged reason because I just wanted people to have in my dojo so that I could beat them up and train with them and beat each other up and that kind of thing. And then eventually it became something that I just really had such an incredible passion for. So uh, interesting, right? Yeah, so, and I just I liked people from the beginning. So I wanted to see them, you know, progress. I could care less about beating them up. No. <laughs> Great. Way to look me in the bed. <laughs> so real good question, guys. So I have another question. Um, have you ever gotten stress from relatives, family, husbands, wives, you know, whatever people, relatives that said, you know, martial arts, what are you going to do for a living? You know, let's get a career, you know, that kind of thing. Well, when I was younger, I did. When I was like a teenager, they were like, how can you be a martial arts teacher for a living? You got to get a real job. But right. I don't get that anymore. It'd be kind of weird at 35. That's great, though. When you get a real job, Ryan, like, like I don't get that anymore. I haven't gotten that in quite a while. Good. Good to hear. He sees that I'm a good instructor. I'm pretty respected. I know what I'm doing. That's awesome. Good job. How about you, Master Bean? You know, I, I don't think I had that uh, quite as much. I, my, my parents have been... Uh, great supporters of, of anything really that I wanted to do, and they saw that I had a passion from this uh, for this rather uh, early on, and uh, they they helped to support me, and and I never never had much feedback from anybody. That's great. I love that. That's that's incredible because I think nowadays, right, between that there are you know the martial arts if people know school owners could run and have a very successful life and do something they love for the rest of their lives and i mean i sometimes wake up and i'm like i can't believe how lucky i am you know like it's so such a cool thing that we do all of us right and teach and and you know, people people train with us and we help people's lives it's just we're lucky like i don't know how i mean i i don't know how lucky i be why i became so lucky but it's just a great great career Nope, totally agree. So you, I know you got a series of questions, so I don't want to step on your toes. Well, I have, I'm just coming off the top of my head too. So tell me guys, like what's your day to day, you know, like what, you know, you go in and, you know, uh, you know what you're going to do, what your focus is. I know that, um, for, for Ryan, Reggie Ryan, um, you know, he's very focused on not only teaching the classes, but he's so good at maintaining the students' ranking, staying on top of their testing, making sure they're always up to speed on their material. I'm the opposite. I'm like, you know, let's just train and, you know, eventually I'll give you a belt. Like, and he's more like yesterday, he's just like, we have a few people coming up for black belt. We got to set up a date. We got to do this. I'm like, ah, just make them wait, you know? And he's like, no, but we have to maintain them and stay on them. So like, he's great at that. So like, what, what's some of the day to days that you guys do and what, what are your functions that you think are the most important, et cetera, et cetera. Do you want to go? Oh, I guess I'll go first. I guess 
the probably the most important thing for my job besides actually doing my job and teaching and running the classes connecting with people so connecting with the student base connecting with the parents and talking so that I, I get to know them and I always make an effort to remember their names and make it so that they feel like I know them and eventually through coming I do know them and we have a better connection and I can talk to them on a level where they understand instead of me just like telling them what to do they right. feel like they know me and they trust me I can say hey listen it's really better if you do it this way. What you're doing is awesome, but this is how you should be doing it. Like they would respect them from someone who like calls them by their name instead of someone who's like, "Hey, you." Right. This way, like, you know. Then, like, like you said, monitoring the progress, making mental notes, and having actual notes as well, and motivate, motivate, and correct. More motivate, more on the motivation side than the correct side. But telling people, oh, you're doing really well. You're doing this good. I like the way you kick. You know, like you do an instructor training. Like never like not doing that. Like never just kind of running and teaching the classes and then leaving. So it's always always developing that personal that personal um, touch. You know, and and innovate. Try to mix it up a little bit. If I see that I'm playing the same game over and over and over again, take a different game for the next week and then reevaluate. Awesome. It's going the way I want, and, I, and this is those, in my head. I want to do it this way, and it's not working. I sometimes I have to reevaluate. Fantastic. How about you, Mr. Bean? What What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. So I think the the part of my job that has the biggest impact on the students is uh, is coupleful. Well, number one is making the uh, developing the lesson plan and the curriculum that that uh, that's based on. And so having a structured day to day lesson plan where it's down to the minute. We do you know hand techniques for five minutes, and then they have their form for. 10 minutes and they get to do their two new moves or whatever it is, but it's, uh, having that structured basis for all the classes. And then along with that, making sure that uh, each of the other team members that are on the staff here, making sure that they are in line with that and they know uh, what's required of them and what um, what to teach and when and how. Um, but then another part is uh, we have uh, practice cards that we've developed for the students. Uh, so we send out um, a survey where they get to have a detailed uh, kind of directed information on what to practice. So we often tell our students to go home practice. Well, sometimes they don't quite know exactly what to practice. So I actually went through and developed uh, a lesson uh, practice cards uh, that are in a in the form of a survey that they get delivered to them on a time uh, basis. And it tells them, okay, practice your two new hand techniques. Okay, and then the next one a few weeks later, okay, practice your two new foot techniques and your form and so on. So they get that in a drip system through the whole time that they're that belt level. And so uh, those are what I feel like has the most or the biggest impact on the, on the students. And by the way, wow. Ali, those are through, uh, you know, the Spark, Spark uh, yeah, the Spark automations, you know, with the Spark surveys. I like that. I, and, and by the way, um, I like that you say that you developed it and worked on building it out because, you see, that's just incredible. Like even with Ryan, uh, Reggie Ryan here, um, you know, coming up with those concepts uh, as owners or, you know, partners or whatever it is, the relationship, um, it's so important to have your input, right? So like if, if Dwayne is not there and I'm not there, you're the eyes and ears, right? And, and we do, if I'm not there, and sometimes just by accident, like uh, I, it bit, two weeks ago, I hadn't been to the dojo in two weeks. It just so happened that on my days that I was supposed to be there, I was sick one day and another day was my daughter's graduation. So, 
was two weeks that I hadn't actually been to the school, but Ryan and I uh, kept in touch via meetings like this, either Zoom or we were doing FaceTime meetings and staying on top of it. So I love that you're coming up with concept and, and staying on top of that. That's incredible. Good, good job. That's awesome. So, so, Dwayne, did you have a question or anything on it? No, not on that. No, I, I, I appreciate the initiative that, you know, he has taken. Of course, you know, he presented the material and said, hey, I think we should try this. And I'm like, yep, but let's do it with, uh, you know, only a select group right now. And let's because I don't want him to spend a lot of time developing it for every single level if it isn't going to play out. Right. If we can't right. get people to actually do it, because then we're just yeah. doing activities to make ourselves feel good, you know, and so he did that. Um, or, or, or just giving yourself extra work too, right? Right, right. So, you know, he did it with a select group. We got some feedback and then, you know, gave the feedback and we we're like, yeah, let's do it. You know, so he since, you know, went in and, and, and done that. Uh, you got that at every level up to black belt, if I'm correct, right, sir? Yes, sir. Yeah. Each, each level gets their own um, and, and it's, it's unique to each belt rank. And so there's not the same across the board, but each belt rank gets about six or seven uh, of those practice cards again at a dripped uh, time. That's awesome. Doing those. What's Say that? How long have you been doing those cards? Uh, about six months. Do you feel like they caused an improvement or? I, I do. I do. And the nice thing is uh, I have, because we set up through Spark, I get them sent back to my personal email. And so I get to kind of uh, have a, an outlook of who's done them and how frequently they've done them. And I can, I can definitely for sure see a, an improved, um, improve students that for those that, that have done it. even even the people that are not quite at the top of the list those are the ones that sometimes need the extra practice and and the nice thing is those are the people that from what i've seen so far have taken the initiative to do those and i can see great improvement from even that short time the six months that they've participated in that that's awesome what were you saying ryan well, i was just curious like how long they've been doing it and i wanted to know like do you feel like it helps or do you feel like that, but he answered the question. I was just curious. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, do you find, like, uh, you know, I did a, you know, for me, Dwayne and I, we do book clubs of the month. We had a book that was called Atomic Habits. I've been talking about it ever since. What a great book. I loved it. Um, but that was, I, that was Master Bean who gave me that book. That's why oh, yeah? I to do it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Because I got it in turn and now I read it and I loved it. Um, the great thing about that book, and it's kind of weird because sometimes I'll read a book and I'll read it from an owner's point of view. Like I'm a businessman when I'm reading it. That book, for some reason, even though I could have read it as an owner, I read it more as an instructor. Like because I'm finding that certain it's, – it's an interesting dynamic. I mean I hate to say this, but with this whole break in COVID um, – kids' brains turned to mush at, at times. Like they, there were kids that had trained with me for three years in the school location that we're at that came back and literally forgot where the bathroom, I mean, three years of coming to classes and forgot where the bathroom was, like forgot how to bow. Like they literally, their brain was erased during COVID. So I started saying to myself, like getting in the bow in the right spot or following the protocols, like what am I going to do to make that happen? So I used the concept of the atomic habits of creating habits, consistent behavior. Um, and I think that that was something that is starting to show after a few months. And I did a video on belt tying and stuff like that. But um, it's hard to get them to buy in certain times to just get the parents to support the kids watching the videos difficult enough. So how did you get the cards going? Like, how did you get people? And I know it was trickled, drip marketed into their inbox. And how did you get them to actually participate, you know, for the ones that did? Did you have to do anything special? 
Yeah, so that was when we were on the floor. We, you know, um, of course, we like he said, we started with just with just one belt level. And when we did that, of course, on the floor, I, I made sure to let them know ahead of time that that was going to be coming, what to expect and how to progress through that. And as I did that, then I was able to see and hear the feedback from those people who did it. And then I got the other students that said, well, hey, how come I don't have that? Where's mine now? I said, well, we'll get you yours soon enough. And then now we have that with everybody. And then in classes, as those I, we know as the instructors, when those are coming out, so we can kind of uh, pre-frame them to get them set up to know when they're coming, how to how to progress through those and, and, and what kind of is uh, is expected of them. Wow, I love it. I'm going to have to share those with me. Yeah, so if you can think of, um, you know, you've got your belt testing, and we do we do belt testing every three months. So it's really, uh, and so the whole school is testing every three months. So it's really easy to, uh, you know, structure these things. So let's just say the first week go in the curriculum cycle happens, but then the second week they get a practice card. That's their, you know, I'm just throwing that out there as an example. But the second week is their first practice card. The third week is their second practice card. So you know, when we're on the floor, we can say, hey, guys, this week, you know, take a look at your, uh, you know, your parents email and you have your practice card to complete, you know. So and by the way, we know if you've done it or not, like because, again, Master Bean said he gets an email to him so he can see the ones that are doing them and not doing them. Uh, so they, so, so that they fill it out saying, yes, I did it this week. I did the block. I did the punch. And then they hit send and it comes back to you and you know that it was done because they filled it out. Right. Yes, sir. Awesome. And then, you know, we even put like uh, at one level, is this part of the practice card or is this a flash card? Oh, this is different. Never mind. I'm going into flash cards. Never mind. I guess we shouldn't call them flash cards. But anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a different concept. What's, What's that? that? When you say practice card, I think a flash card, but I realize you just have to do like a little mini homework assignment. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is. It's basically a homework assignment. So for like practice card number one, it says, okay, uh, you're going to do your low block. That's, a, you know, for white belt, the first move, you're going to do a low block five times on the right side, check this box. Five times on the left side, check this box. And right. then right. in technique, okay, then hit the, submit, and then that one's done. And so it doesn't take them very long. I don't want to take a bunch of their time. I don't want them, you know, to feel like they're overwhelmed where they have to practice for, you know, a huge number of hours. Just that little bit of time spent at home is is greatly beneficial to us on the floor. Well, and we're trying to create a habit. Again, going back to the atomic habits, we're trying to create this this uh, habit of practice at home, but it doesn't have to be for hours. Right. I, I love that. That's a great idea, though, and it, and it ties that, you know, and that's the biggest dilemma with school, martial arts schools, is that the parents are afraid to help because they think they might do more damage than good. So they stay out of it. Like if it was baseball, they'll throw a baseball with their kid, take them to a game, sports or whatever, um, watch it on TV, blah, blah, blah. But the martial arts, they're kind of like, ah, it's not my thing. So I don't want to mess things up. So this takes that out of the equation and helps them. I love it. It's that, that's pretty awesome. I, I think that's a great idea. I think we should consider that, Reggie Ryan. Yeah, now here, let me just do this real quick. Parents, like Sean, Sean Joyner, he definitely practices with his dad. The kid's a white belt and he does a roundhouse kick higher than his own head in perfect form. Yeah, because he's practicing at home. He practices with his dad. So here, yeah, take a look at this. I'm going to throw this in the screen. And let's see, I'll make it the, the full. So, oops, sorry, Master Bean. Hi. All right, so this is for green belts with a white stripe. So they're going to practice their double arm low block on the right side 10 times. The, the name automatically gets pre-filled because we send it through email, you know? Right. Um, but, you know, let me just put mine in there real quick. 
Um, so they practice it 10 times. They practice it, you know, 10 times and they go to the next one. Now they're going to do their double arm middle block 10 times, 10 times next. Then their wow. double arm high block 10 times, 10 times next. And then it's submitted. Now it just went to Master Bean's inbox. Love it. And so it's super simple, um, but it's not, you know, and that's just the, that's just week one. So they learn their hand techniques in, uh, in week one. And so they, they, that's what he's having them do is then practice those hand techniques. Cause that he has developed the cards in relationship to the delivery process also of the information, uh, uh you know, based upon the, uh, the curriculum. That's excellent. I like it. I, and listen, anything that we could do to, to number one, make our students better, of course, the most important, but number two is to get them, even more involved and then that home practice is such a big part of that you know like i lived the martial arts when i was a young up and coming I, if i wasn't at the dojo i was in my backyard videotaping my my forms and whatever looking back on it to see how i did i mean that's all i can and then i was watching martial art movies on on my days off like that's all i thought about that girls and music those were the three things that i had in my life right but um but you know what, I, I think that sometimes parents, the kids are so busy, right, with so many things. That's This is great. It's not a lot, but they do it at home and, and they did it. And now they're like, yeah, I did my thing. And, and, you know, and they're still practicing. So hats off. That's a great, great process. I like it. So not only was there the flashcards, but I don't know if it was your or, or the um, practice, cards. practice cards, but I, I think it was your idea as well to do the flashcards. Yes, sir. So explain flashcards because those are different. Yeah, so for the flashcards, uh, we have a, I had Professor Brummett uh, record the audio, but it, it shows, it's just an audio, but it's a video of, I guess an audio and video. Anyways, uh, it's a, it shows the, uh, the hand technique or foot technique in Korean. And he says it in Korean. He gives a, a small window of opportunity for him to, or for the, for the student rather, to say what the English is. And then Professor Rutt would say the English. And then the next hand technique would flash up in the Korean. He says it in Korean. He says it in Korean, gives him an opportunity to say it in English. And then he tells him what the English is. And so that's just to help to reinforce the Korean and English. We do a Korean martial arts. So just to help them to refresh and, and rehearse on what those uh, that terminology information is for them. That's awesome. I had one time had uh, paid, uh, and it's no longer even available to me because it's, it was done in Flash, and Flash is almost li literally, you know, obsolete. But I had it put together in a game form where we had our kata, and they were on tiles, and they would slide the tile, you know, the first part of the move here. Then they had to connect the next part until they got all the tiles in order. And if they didn't do it in order, it would fall out, and they'd have to figure it out. And then at the end, they could play the kata and watch it, but they had to know the sequ sequence per for it to play. And uh, that was a fun thing. I wish we had something like that. I wish I could get my flash to play um, and on in a different software. But it was, you know, it was a pretty cool way for it to turn it almost into a video game for them to be able to actually learn because kids learn that way. They're on their computers or on their phones and so on. It would be that's a very cool thing. So let me ask you guys this: um, as the the head guy at the uh, you know uh, the head top top instructor at the studios. What is it that you find um, like in the beginning when you first started the biggest challenge and now that you've been in that role for quite a while, the biggest challenge? Who, who do you want to go first? Biggest challenge in the beginning and the biggest challenge now. Yeah. So yeah. the biggest challenge when you first started as the head instructor and then what's your biggest challenge now? 
So uh, yeah, I'll go. Uh, so for the beginning, I would say the biggest challenge is trying to um, communicate the information that I have in my head in such a way that the the students can pick it up. And so I have my uh, my I can do the move, but I don't necessarily or didn't necessarily have a, a very well thought out way to formulate the sentences and, and structure it in such a way they could pick it up and, and learn it very easily. Um, and that I, I think that's just something that comes with time. You, you mess up enough times and you figure out what works and you just you keep doing what works. Um, biggest challenge now is that's a tough one. Well, I would say perhaps trying to keep um, my staff on the same page as where I am. So meaning I have in my head, I, of course, I see what the lesson plan is. I can interpret that one way, but I want to make sure I need to make sure that everybody uh, that's in the class is going to interpret it the same way so that we can be in sync with each other. And what that comes down to is just making sure that if I have, you know, two minutes or, uh, you know, 35 seconds or something just at the beginning of class and say, hey, we're going to do this, this and this, and it's going to be like this and, and you know, enough that they can understand that and, and we're all on the same page for the class. So that's what I would say is the big, biggest challenge from the beginning and the. Oh, we lost him. <laughs> yeah. So, so Ryan, while we have you, um, why don't you uh, let us know while we get him back in? Um, what, are, what are some of your struggles like in the beginning and then now? Well, in the beginning of teaching, the hardest thing was controlling the class, not really knowing what I was doing and trying to teach everyone's just chaos and people are being bad like that was the first that was the hardest thing at first so before you, before back, you go really didn't know as much back then when i first started as i do now i feel like i didn't know anything so so tell me let's dig in a little deeper on that and slide a little to your right because because now that we have three people in the screen that's perfect right there so um uh so back then what do you think now you know what would you would love to go back and tell young ryan um what you did wrong or what you learned how to do better or, and, and you know you do this with our instructors in training right you help them well, i didn't know how to read the room like if a kid was being really crazy i didn't really know how to like rein them in now i know how to do that right like body language seeing if the class is low energy or high energy in the beginning and basing how i start the class on the energy level of so if it's low right. energy, bring the energy up. If they're crazy energy, I try to bring the energy down. I guess that would be the thing I would try to teach. Okay, cool. And then how about now? What's your biggest thing? And then you could even mention, you know, negative people if you'd like, you know, like that kind of. The, the biggest struggle now is just connecting with parents because they were in their cars for so long for COVID. Like some parents, I don't even know what they look like. They've right. come into the studio for four months and I still never met the parents. Like I saw Madison Owens' mom for the first time yesterday. She's been coming for yeah. four months, and I'm like, "Oh, you're her mom." Ah. Like I literally never met the parent. Yeah, we well, we now we still don't have our lobbies open to the public yet, so yeah. we're not we're not allowed to have them in. And honestly, though, I I, li I like though that they're watching on Zoom because it does like when they were in our lobby, they just chatted with each other, right? They're back, and now that they're in their car, isolated, and they're watching on the screen they're paying a little bit more attention to what we do. And I hear more parents saying, uh, wow, I really liked that you worked on this. Or I really, we had one dad about two weeks ago fall asleep in the car and his camera was on and he was snoring so loud. I'm like, sir, sir, wake up. And he's like, and like you know, we had to mute him and shut his, his, his camera off. But it was the funniest thing. But, but yeah, so, and now what do you think now is a struggle like as far as, you, how about negative people? Um, and we don't have much of them anymore, if any. Like everyone is so positive. I'm kind of, this is one of the things I want to talk about, like 
I feel like this year, since we reopened up, we've been a lot more less forgiving of negative people. Or uh, can I call them dojo cancers? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, sure. I, definitely. Like, like if you have someone who's a, a gym cancer, a dojo cancer, setting them just like train and, and ruin the class over and over and over again for years and years and years, we kind of make it like, we've done what we can. You got to go someplace else. Like, I know it's not like nice. We, we had that one boy who was clean for six months and didn't participate in a single class. And we had to be like, listen, it's not working out. Yeah. And that, that and by the way, people it, just do it forever and they would be coming forever. I feel like we've been a little more strict with that. And by the way, if it were up to me, he'd probably, I'd still be forgiving him. So I appreciate that you're like, come on now, let's, you know, let's get him out. And we have an adult that way now. And Richie Ryan's like, no. And the guy just decided on his own to take a break. And normally I'd be like, no, you're in a membership. I'm like, okay, I'll freeze your membership. Maybe you want to just reevaluate re because it's just more work than anything else. So but, if, if they're there for five years and they're, like, I guess, annoying. Right. Make someone quit every year just by being annoying or going too hard right. or not supposed to. So you think about over five years, you lose five students just to keep one person who you want to help. Yeah, I, that, I like wanting to help people. I like doing that, but at a certain point, you have to say, "Okay, this person's toxic." Yeah. Why? Like, then well, like it's it's probably one out of every hundred people. But yeah, didn't you recently at the at your BJJ school that you go to too? Didn't they? A parent was really like yelling at the yeah. kid. And they were like, you're out of here. We're kicking you out of the dojo. Yeah, the came in and started cursing during the kids' class. And Coach Ian had to tell him to get out and not come back. Right. Because it's just not the right environment for the school. Yeah, so how about Alex is a lot. He used to let people do that. Now he, Alex just kicks people out. Someone, I know. Someone in the face or has like a tantrum. It's like, bye forever. Like he just, he's just gone with it. Well, I guess you can equate it to like someone on the ride in a Disney resort going through it's a small world and trying to scare people to death. You know, you'd be like, you're out of the park, right? Like this, is, this is the negative stuff that sometimes we tolerate as school owners because our goal is to teach and help and guide. And maybe they just don't get it. Maybe they need a little time. But sometimes that could cause more damage than anything. And we've had that numerous times, you know, with kids. It's rare, but it builds up over time. Right, exactly. How about you, Master Bean? What, what are some of the things that you find? Uh, so, so can you... Uh, the, question, the question was, like, what did you find in the beginning that was difficult? And now, what do you find sometimes are struggles within the... That may be changed now, as they used to be. Yeah, so uh, I, the struggle that i say would be in the beginning was uh, trying to figure out how to... Um, communicate to the students in such a way they can learn the information. So I had, you know, my own ways that I used to remember it or, you know, I could physically do it, but telling them or, or, or thinking about how to use my words to help them learn those moves was, uh, I would say, a challenge early on. And that just comes with time figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And you drop the things that don't work and you just do the things that do work. Right. Um, and then now the things that, that I would say that's most challenging is making sure that uh, if I'm teaching a class that myself and, and the staff that I have with me are all on the same page, I mean, we can read the lesson plan and I might interpret it one way and they might interpret it another way, but I want to make sure everybody's on the same page. So maybe I take a minute or so right before class and just, you know, kind of re reiterate what's on the page so that we are uh, all in sync as we move forward to teach that class. Awesome. And isn't that the, uh, like, I think that's the crux of all of this, whether it was, you know, when you guys first started teaching or even now, 
what, what I what I'm hearing is you guys are talking about communication in any way, shape or form. It's communication. And the older that I get, not that I'm that old yet, because Allie's got me beat, but yeah, um, it, I think the most difficult thing is, is communication. I really do. One, being able to articulate what, what needs to be said uh, is one thing, but being able to hear what is actually being said by the other person, not just my perception of what's being said is a whole nother ball of wax and then meeting in the middle somewhere uh you know with that is is i think what we're talking about here is is the whole communication thing so and i i don't know when i was your guys's age i i just thought my gosh you know when i said the color blue everybody knew what color i meant when i said blue and boy you know as time went on i found out that there i mean i always knew that there was different shades of blue but i was never really uh communicating those different shades well, remember in my book, I talked about the different shades of blue. One might be light blue, one might be navy blue. And, you know, even like people get together and like, oh, we, we have so much in common. I, even with that girl, I, we love blue. And like she might be light blue and I might be dark blue. And I'm closer to black and she's clo closer to white. Um, at times, uh, we're really not on the same page. And that's important through this, and I want to say education of our clients, right? Because we're constantly educating parents. Like for me, why is tradition important? I just had a big debate on uh, one of the century pages the other day about tradition. And a lot of schools are tending to like, they don't care anymore. They don't want, they, you know, they're like, one of them said to me, well, people don't live in Japan, Allie. I'm like, oh, yeah, but I still teach as if they did because that's what I hold dear to my heart. It's not right for every school, but in my school, I want them to understand the traditions and the protocol and the language and the history and the culture. But um, if I want parents to buy into that, I have to actually educate them on why it's important because if they find it to be valueless, then I'm just talking for nothing, right? And they're, they're not interested. So we have to communicate that. And by the way, Spark is beautiful for that. Text messaging, emailing, automation campaigns. It's incredible. Well, it's definitely lifted uh, our, our ability to be able to communicate right. uh, to our clients in a much different way and much more efficiently but it still doesn't take away the, the human interaction that has to happen. Right. Yeah, but I, I'll talk to people via text message and I'll meet them for the first time. I'm like, oh, I'm that guy who was on the other side of the text. We already know each other. Now we just got to meet each other face to face. But we've had this ongoing rapport, joking back and forth. And, and, I, and that's things that I was never able to do years ago. So that's true. So let me ask you guys both this question. Um, what is your favorite group, like student group? to teach and age. i don't know how you guys break down it could be age it could be belt level it could be you know uh ex, you know definitely maybe explain that so the listeners know what you're talking about but but your your favorite group to teach uh Renchi ryan well i my favorite group to teach and she i'll tell you the group i put the most time in would be the black belts the teenage black belts the adult black belts okay and how come why well they've been with me the longest i have the best or the deepest connection with them, as you could say. And um, they listen to me most of the time. I feel like a lot of them were on the same page and they feel like I want them to be better. Right, so they, they have a deeper connection to what your lessons are and what you want to teach and so on. They might, we might argue sometimes, we might have disagreements, but we all have the same goal. Yeah. How about you, Mr. Bean? 
Yeah, that, that's kind of a tough one for me because I legitimately love every class that I teach. I guess if I had to pick one over the others, um, we do a, a program on Fridays with special needs individuals of, of various different ages. And I think uh, if I had to pick my favorite, it would be those guys just because they're such a fun, fun group. Um, they're they're carefree. They're, they're, the information that they do is kind of lighthearted and the class is lighthearted. It makes it fun. And uh, if, I, if I had to pick, I would uh, that would be that would be the one. Awesome. That's great, though. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, I have a, one other. Uh, well, I have a few others, but we, we're doing we're pretty much what, like only at like 18 minutes left. Yep. So um, so for you guys as um, chief instructors and head instructors in the school, um, what would you like to see if you were be if you were able to or if you are doing it now? How would, what, what direction, how would you like to see things shift? What would you like to see more of, less of, um, you know, as far as the school's growth and so on and so forth? Why don't we have you go first, Master Bean? Yeah, so school's growth, uh, I, I mean, obviously it would be great to, we're in, you know, kind of in the works of, of doing, an, of, a, of a opening another school. And so it'd be great to have, you know, have another location, have uh, our information that we get to choose and, and, and pick and, and teach from. Uh, just to share with more people in a wider, in a wider base. That's awesome. Cool. Are you going to be part of that? Helping? Are you, are you running the other school too or helping run it or? I, I get to continue to run the school that I'm at now. We have another instructor that's going to be uh, trucking up to do the, to do the other school, but I uh, will still be a part of it because they will be teaching my lesson plans and, and the curriculum. Yeah. So you'll be setting up at the training and they'll be doing it there and you'll be monitoring and maintaining it, staff training and so on. That's pretty exciting, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. How about you, Ranchi Ryan? What do you What would you like to see? I know if it was up to you, you'd be grappling twenty four seven. Yeah, just grappling because you love grappling so much. But uh, like, what would you like to see for the students? What would you like to see us improve on? I know that we just talked about black belt testing and maintaining those black belts and up and coming black belts. What are some of your thoughts? Well, besides like teaching, I'd like to have a more like the staff to understand what I want them to do better. I know that's right. teaching them. Uh, I feel like a lot of the staff, sometimes they don't really know what I want them to do. Yeah. Like, like Dylan, Dylan's very good. Like 70% of the time I could trust Dylan, but yeah. sometimes I can't. Sometimes yeah. I'm, if there's a girl he likes in class, like I know I have to be in that room. Right. I can't be like, oh, Dylan, teach teach the class. And my by the, like, by the way, Dylan Dylan is only fourteen. By the way, and he's he's like a six foot, almost six foot tall. He's like five ten, and he's a powerhouse. Great kid. Been training with me since he's three, but um, he's still a kid, right? He's fourteen, right? But uh, so like Dylan, like Tristan and Madison, and just making yeah. sure, like if I say, okay, do this, they can do it, and not be like I forgot. Yeah. Well, if I could give you some constructive criticism on online, then sometimes. Ranchy Ryan is very friendly. With, I'm different. Like his personality is very bubbly and joking. And I'm more serious, straight laced. I throw out a joke, sometimes sarcasm that people miss, but I'm like a different type of teacher. So he's very close with the younger instructors. They're friend, they believe that they're his friend. And I think sometimes that's a hard area to navigate friendship and instructor. And they sometimes cross the, like, well, I'll just, I'll say, 
what did you just say to him? Like, are you talking to Wrenchy Ryan like that? Like, he's not your buddy. You don't touch him and talk like, you know, I'm a little harder on people when that happens, but he's so much more friendlier. So I think that's my one thing that I could throw out to you is that you have to, you have, as in a teacher, it's unfortunate. It's like this weird relationship. You're not their friend, but you're friendly. You're more of a mentor, father-like figure versus a friend. Because once you hit that friend zone, um, you're in trouble, like, because people will do things, say things, act differently and so on. So you have to be very careful with that. And that's part of the instructor, uh, level training as becoming a boundaries. Yeah. You got to make sure that they understand them though. Right. Like sometimes Dylan doesn't understand them. Yeah. Well, like I, he, he, he's gotten better with the boundaries. Like I talked to him, not just Dylan. Like I just tell him like, all right, don't say that in class. Like, I don't care if you're friends with whoever, just don't say it. Yeah. Like, if I ask you to do something, I'm not joking. I'm not, like, saying, okay, I want you to do this because I'm making a joke. I'm asking you because I really need you to do this, like, right now. Yeah. Not trying to joke around and talk about it and kind of do it. Yeah. Just no, just no one wants – like, your friend might appreciate your joking around. The 20 other people in the class don't give a crap. Right, right, exactly. What were you going to say, Twain? You had something to say on that. Yeah, all I was going to say was, um, you know, that's, that's where, like, for me, I had – like, I look at – and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Master Bean. I, I mean, I know I'm not your, your father, but I was an adult male figure in your life that you looked up to, um, especially when you were a teenager. Um, and now we've developed, I mean, we've developed a friendship, but that part I don't think has ever left. Am I wrong in that? Uh, no, I would agree. Yes, sir. Yeah. and But I also think that we, you know, we've developed that over time. Um, it's funny because I can, I can remember being on the phone and, you know, this was on a, on a weekend or whatever. And I, and we were on speakerphone and, and, you know, my wife would hear us and she's like, why do you keep saying yes, sir, to each other? Like, you're not even, you're not even in the studio, but, but that's where we keep our, our level. And part of that is because I think one, I want to do that. I, I respect you. I want, you know, I want to say yes, sir, to you. I mean, but I think I feel like you still want to respect me in that aspect as well. Um, so it's a mutual respect. Am I describing that correctly? Absolutely. Yes, sir. And so, you know, that's where him and I have never crossed that line. Right. Um, where it's, it's, it's been at that level and that's tough. I mean, I get that where you want to be their friend or friendly, but, but, but you, you can't be their friend. And it's, and it's really actually even funnier than that because one of your, one of your, I don't say, I want to say best friends, but maybe one of your really, really good friends is my age. Mm, right. Yes, sir. Right. Right. Yes, sir. You know, and you guys have a friendship. It's not like he's, you know, an adult male in your life, even though, I mean, he technically is. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So that is just, you know, in and, and uh, in and of itself is a, a, a neat thing. So it's, it's you got to just be. And I, I told Master Bean this a while ago, because like when he was coming up, you know, I would do things with with him and I would do things with the other instructors that were at his level. And then it got to a position where now these are kids that are even younger because I'm, you know, almost, I mean, I'm 40, I'll be 48 this year. I'm like, I need you to work with them. I need you to spend time with them. I need you to have the pizza parties with them, right. you know, and, 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 you know, he, he filled that role. He stepped right in that, but yeah, uh, he's kind of like you, Allie, where, you know, every once in a while he'll throw out a funny, like he's pretty straight, you know, right, right, right. Say, you're probably like me, you know, where, you know, we're kind of 
just kind of fun loving and you know what I mean? Not that you're not master bean, but you know what I mean? Well, well, that's funny because even guys during our podcast, sometimes we have a guest on and Dwayne will throw out a joke and I'm like, he's only kidding. You do know that, right? Like the guest will be like, yeah, I got it. You know, like I almost feel like I have to explain it, but you know, what's interesting though with, um, with Ryan too, like, I, you know, he's, He's he could come out in the middle of the class. The class has started and he's knocking people down and playing crazy music. And then he's like, you're not listening. And I'm like, because you set the tone of chaos right beforehand. So I'm more like step to attention, bow, stand like and I and I started off the way I want to continue it. So he's got an energy that I don't have. And and I have a good friend, he's 72 years old, been running a school for 45 years. He goes like this to me and he holds his hands up. And for the listeners who are not watching, he'll have his hands close together. He says years ago, and then he pulls them far apart. And now my hands just came out of the camera angle. He goes, this is what my tolerance level was back then. He says, now it's like an inch and a half away from each other. So I don't tolerate anything. They listen. They yes, sir. Me. If they don't listen, I kick them out. Like he's got less tolerance. And as, as we grow older, I think for us, Dwayne, you and I, our tolerance level gets a little bit lower. And that's why the younger generation and has Ryan and Master Bean have to step in um, because, you know, oh. they're Tolerate. Master Bean has less tolerance than me, so it's <laughs> yeah. really good. It's really good because often is the time that you know I would say he's one hundred percent right, where I should have got rid of that person, or I should have said, "Yeah, I don't think it's the right fit." Right. And Ryan does that with me as well. And I sometimes say, come on, Beak, we'll work. And he's like, I know it's not good. So we have one person that we're working on that with right now. So um, let me ask this gentleman. Um, so we, we you, you, right, right now you have, and then obviously the people that are going to listen to this as uh, uh, not live, you know, as a recording, you have school owners that are listening to you about your position maybe they already have a head instructor or maybe they're looking for a head instructor i guess my question to you is you know um from your perspective um because in as much as we're navigating trying to run a school you're also trying to navigate us and there's a delicate you know balance there and I and I I'm just going to give a compliment to Master Bean. I think he does that very well because he will uh, approach me on things with um, the utmost respect, but then ask the question, "Why are we doing this? Or should we maybe do this or whatever?" So, um, Master Bean, I'm going to have you start because you know exactly what I'm talking about. How do you navigate being the head instructor yet not the owner, but approaching the owner with you know, problems or solutions and ideas, those type of things. And obviously there, you know, we always talk about there, it, it's only a problem if you don't have a solution, but yeah. Right, yeah, so that, that would be the first thing is if you have a have an issue or a problem that you realize, figure out, it may not be the best solution, oftentimes it isn't, but have some sort of solution that you can bring up along with that. So, you know, whatever, whatever the issue is, if you have a, a solution or idea of what that might be or a way that, to make that, position or whatever it is better or smoother for the students um, would be would be the best way to to approach that but also always have the students best interest uh, at heart and so don't uh, come up with issues or problems because you you yourself the head instructor uh, don't like it or or it's not working for you come at it from the the students best interest and so whatever the whatever the issue might be think about how um, you know how that's going to affect or impact the students and, and what that is going to be better uh, how to make that system or, or process better for them. And and like you said, just be very respectful as you do that. Um, I, I always 
I always, you know, like to think that, you know, if I, if I mess up, then, you know, I, I like, I like my job. I like to keep my job. So I want to do, do things in the most respectful way that I can, so I can keep that up. But also I want to keep that respect level that I have for Mr. Brummett. Um, and I think by bringing up those issues helps to keep that respect because sometimes if you just always go with the flow and you're just a yes man, um, you're just a yes man, you, you that respect level is different. And so by sometimes challenging, um, the owner, uh, it helps to raise that level of respect as long as you do it in the correct, correct way. I like that. That's great. How about you, Ryan, Richie Ryan? What do you think? Like, um, I agree everything with master Bean. I agree hundred percent what he said. And, um, for me, like we've been working together pretty much my entire adult life. So most of the time I have a pretty big handle on, I have an idea what you're going to say or what you want to do. But not all the time. Sometimes I'm not sure. And if I'm not sure, I always ask you. Right. I try to think about stuff before I ask you and make sure it's not coming from a place that's like um, irrational, emotional. Right. You know, it's, it's hard to sometimes you want to say something like something bothers you. Then you think about it for a little bit. And you're like, OK, it's not really doesn't really bother me. It's kind of. Yeah. Okay, but I don't want it's not the best thing that I want. So maybe we talk, we work it out. Yeah. We've that we've always kind of done that, even if we're not coming from the same place. We've always kind of done good with communication and working together. Right. Like yeah. I, don't, I never try to be like disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Like I don't talk to you like I would talk to my friends. Yeah. I just have to make sure that everything's coming from the right place. It's coming from wanting the dojo to be better, wanting everything to be good. Yeah. Just an emotional kind of ego thing. I like it. That's yeah. awesome. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. I, I, I remember when I would travel to Japan, I've been there 17 times with my teacher and um, we became quite close, you know, and then we would travel privately to places like Vegas and just have some R and R. And um, I remember spending a weekend with him in Vegas and then going to Colorado to teach. And I remember we were kind of, our, our conversations were a little bit looser in Vegas than they were in a traditional setting. And I remember being at a testing table and kind of under my breath, but loud enough for maybe a few people to hear, I said something. And the minute I said it, I knew it was not the right thing to say. Mm -hmm. I literally felt as my body felt as if someone just poured hot water over my head. I could feel it trickling from my head down. Blood was rushing. And he just turned to me in his Japanese accent. And he said, uh, not the right time, you know, and I was like, oh, crap. I can't believe I made that mistake. One time I went off the right, you know, and made that mistake and never again. Um, and uh, but I realized it as it was happening. But it's a fine line of, you know, respect, mentorship. And that relationship between you two, Dwayne and Master Bean, like you guys, I can tell there's that fatherly, you know, son kind of relationship. I hope I have the same kind of feeling mentorship with Ryan as well and being a positive force in his life so that, you know, and bo all, both of you, I'm sure, could come to either one of us with any issues, problems, questions, whatever, life, life struggles, you know, and we'll be there for you and help you. So I think that that's cool that you guys feel that way. It's pretty, pretty um an honorable thing for us, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess, you know, I don't want to disappoint master bean like yeah. that. You know, I, I just, I don't like, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm at is, is, and he, hold, he holds me accountable to some things, you know, right. which is good. Like, Hey, uh, you texted me, Hey, so when are we going to, do we have something in process to, uh, talk to these COVID people that have been on hold? 
right? <laughs> like, I don't want to disappoint him. Like, and I do, I, there's times that I do, but you know, not in a way that, that, you know, he wants to throw me out with the bathwater, but you know what right. I mean? Yeah. So he gives me grace. Um, you know, I don't know that I feel like I have to give him grace cause I don't feel like he oversteps on anything, but, um, yeah, it's, it's great. Let me ask you guys this. So what is it from your perspective that you would like, um, you know, owners that have had instructors at their studio, what do you feel like they need to know as an owner to make sure that their head instructor has the um, uh, parameters and uh, the wherewithal, the ability to do their job effectively? Well, it comes down to the training. Did you train them how to do the head instructor or not? No. Like you have to train them what you want them to do. You want to train them how you want them to communicate. You have to teach them how you want them to speak to people. If it's not natural. I know for me, speaking to people wasn't natural when I first started when I was 17 years old, reclusive teenager. So you really have to teach them. You also have to be on top of them. Like, like Shion does a really good job of when I get a little too off in my head and I start doing something that's a little far attached, he brings it back in. So I'm realigning, realigning so the goals are the same. Because that way, don't don't just leave people to their own devices for too long. Good answer. Uh, so I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. Uh, I would say give them parameters to work in, and then let them do it. Realize that there are different people than you are. They're not going to teach the exact same way you are. But let that happen. Don't when you when you're there. Don't you know you're there. You see them. Oh, they're not teaching that the way I would teach it. Don't step on the floor floor. And uh, especially in front of the students, because that, that really does something for the students. But don't step onto the floor and, and take over the class because you think they're doing it wrong or, or differently than you are. Understand that different is just different. It's not always wrong. But if you give them the parameters to work in, and I'm not saying don't have quality checks. So meaning uh, inspect what you expect. So you expect them to do you know X, Y, Z, A, B, C in the class and they get that done, but they do it a little bit different fashion than you would. Okay, great. Under, understand they have their own personality and, and they're going to do stuff different than you. Uh, now, of course, if they're not doing the things, they're not, uh, you know, um, they're not getting the things done that, they, that you need them to get done, then you have to step in and, and kind of correct them. But I would say otherwise, uh, not necessarily leave them to their own devices, but give them parameters to work in and let them let them have it and, and then see how they go and, and what they can develop. Because what, what I found is if you give them strategic or correct them, but I would say, Okay, if you give them uh, steps every single way or you are holding their hand every step of the way, they're not going to have the opportunity to come up with creative solutions um, on their own. And, and that, I think, is, is something great that, that us as, as, the, as the teachers, the head instructors, get to have and, and use and develop over time. Yeah, once you've established that, but before that, if, you have, if you're thinking about hiring a new head instructor, you have to be on that. Right. And, and I would agree with that. But if you have somebody in mind that's going to be the head instructor, I would imagine that you've spent time with them for years, hopefully, uh, to, to understand how they work and, and know what their um, what the capabilities are, or what their capabilities could be. And I guess it depends on the system that you have in place for developing your instructors. So what Master Bean is talking about is, you know, he was an, he was a he was an instructor gosh, probably what, four or five years before you actually stepped into the role of being the head instructor. So by that time, um, you know, you you primarily knew how to teach and, and that type of stuff. So that's kind of the, that's kind of where you're coming from, where and I, and I don't know, 
you know, Renchi Ryan, where, where you're coming from, but um, with regards to I don't know how many years you taught before he had you as a head instructor. Like the question was, what would you advise an instructor who was hiring a, a new head instructor to do? Like, I'm not a new head instructor. I've been head instructor for, I don't know, 10 years. Yeah. But how long before you were an instructor did you take to become a head instructor? Like, how long did you teach before you became one of the head instructors, if not the head instructor? Probably about, like, five years or so. Yeah, that's what we were saying. Yeah. So it took a while, and then you developed that that level. I mean, I think for me, I think it's always – and, Master Bean, I love what you said, too. Like, you know, we don't want – we do want people to be kind of clone-ish of who we are, how we act, what we think, and what we do. So it's not like you're running two separate dojos, but at the same time, um, using the strengths of people's individual personalities – who they are, how they act. Like Ryan is totally, he's a totally different teacher than I am. Like I said, he's much more of a, a jokester. I'm much more serious. Maybe, you know, again, they're on the right side of the screen. Ryan and, and, and uh, Sensei Duane, Asabinam is uh, the same. They're jokesters and so on. You and I are probably more straight laced than anything else. So, but we find our niche and then we want to, you know, of course, celebrate the, the qualities of those teachers. So I agree with that. I think that that's super important. So uh, I know we got to, you know, quickly end here, but um, I'm just curious, Master Bean, uh, with regards to those parameters, um, my, give, give me a grade on how well I did in the beginning of micromanaging you and then now. In the beginning, I'd have to give you like a D minus or, or so. Not, not so great, not so great. There's lots of times where I was teaching something and of course I teach uh, not drastically different, but I teach differently than he does. Lots of, lots of different um, verbiage and, and, and strategy, I guess, behind how I'm teaching it than he has. Um, but there was lots of times where I would teach it differently and, and he would step in and, and take over the class. Uh, and, and as of late, I would say, I mean, I, I, I don't know, maybe A plus, but definitely in the A's uh, for sure now. There, I don't think I can remember a time in, in recent months or, or years maybe even that there's been a time that you've stepped on the floor and, and you know, taken over or even asked, you know, how come you're doing it this way? I, oftentimes I see you at the door, even last night I seen you at the door and we were, I, I don't know if we were doing the exercise or something, you, you just kind of nodded your head like, okay, yeah, I like that. So yeah, much, much improved from, from early on. So, and I wanted you to say that, and I'm glad you were honest because I want school owners to know that that is a learning curve for themselves too, that, you know, uh, I, we as the owners aren't perfect and, and, and so we are going to mess up. And I, and I think, you know, from time to time I apologized and said, oh, I'm sorry I did that or whatever. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, sir. How about you, Ryan? What do I grade? And be careful. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I said, um, what are the grades like? This Can you hear us? Are you, you're... are you muted? No, he's I'm... not muted. I can't hear you right now. Oh, uh, we might have lost you. You got to reconnect. Um, uh, shoot. He, didn't, he didn't get to answer the question, but we're out of time no. anyway, right? Yeah, unfortunately. But look, gentlemen, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be on this. And I, I, I think that this is going to be quite beneficial for uh, head instructors to listen to, but then also school owners, because I think it's quite educational for them. Yeah, um, I loved it. Thank you guys for being here. I, I, and I like, you know, I learned a lot too, listening to you both. So that was pretty awesome. So um, 
I, I think we have an outro to play. We're going to just bump it. We'll all sign out of the room and get lost and we'll talk to you guys soon. And hopefully we'll have you back. And thanks master Bean, for being so honest and open. And uh, I appreciate it. And yes, uh, Dwayne, we'll talk soon. And uh, I can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk Podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out EliteInsights.com for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management at GrowMyAcademy.com SparkMembership.com The best darn software for school owner manager on the planet. GetKarateStudents.com A martial arts growth consulting company for all your school systems. We will see you next time.